Welcome to Rants and Reason. I am Chuck. I am Karen. I am a liberal. And I am a conservative. And as Abraham Lincoln reminds us, we are not enemies. We are friends. We are friends. It's about 20, 30 episodes into it. We've remained friends. We have. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Just but sometimes working these scripts out, it's just barely. <laughs> this is true. This is true. So what do you have to rant about today, Chuck? I'm going to rant about capitalism. <laughs> That's your one of your favorite things to rant I'm, about. I'm going to rant about capitalism, yes. All righty. Okay, Adam Smith, you've read The Wealth of Nations, right? Mm-hmm. One of the characteristics of capitalism is perfect competition. Agreed? Well, right. Okay, Can in you agree quotes. with me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, this week, or last week, President Trump decided to use that obsolete defense regulation from 1950 to prop up coal mines and nuclear power plants. Yeah, I have a problem with that, too. Well, this is another instance of government picking winners and losers. Mm -hmm. Now, do you remember the first big thing Trump claimed victory on? Yeah, it was the carrier thing. To not relocate to Mexico. Right. Drove me insane because that's government intervention. And if people say that they want limited government, they don't really want limited government. They just want it their way. Drives me insane. So how did he get that? How did he get that victory? I don't know. You tell me. He bribed them with taxpayer dollars and threats of tariffs. Yeah. It's not perfect competition. No. No, it's not. But he is not the only president guilty of this. They all do it. Now, what do lobbyists do? They try oh, to yeah. persuade the government to intervene on behalf of their industry, right? Mm-hmm. It's not perfect competition. Lobbyists want to create what's called industrial policy. That is the kind of, that's kind of socialism, basically. You know what else isn't perfect competition? Farm subsidies. You being from the Midwest, you know all about farm subsidies, right? And they're good, on the whole, they're good things because our food's mm-hmm. more affordable than any time in history. Mm-hmm. But that's not capitalism. And you know, when I was thinking about this, you know what else isn't capitalism? The tax code. Because everything in the tax code is meant to encourage or deter behavior of individuals or businesses. That is industrial policy. It's not capitalism. Mm -hmm. Now, as a liberal, we don't care that much about pure capitalism. Conservatives, well, they're pretty married to capitalism. (laughs) We do like capitalism. Right. Conservatives hate the government jumping in the markets, right? Well, they're supposed to. But they don't. (laughs) They only claim to hate it. They like it when it benefits their voters. Yeah, the the hypocrisy behind that actually drives me insane. Um, One of the things I remember during the last election, one of the things that got Cruz in a lot of trouble in Iowa was that he was against the ethanol subsidies. And yeah. everybody was so, all the conservatives were all up in arms about that. And I'm thinking that's exactly what you claim to want. <laughs> you know, like you, you want limited government. He's saying a conservative would not be for the subsidies. So it it is really... It there's a lot of truth in what you're saying. Well, the subsidies sure. are what China does. They just do it on a much bigger scale. Right. And we criticize them for it, saying that it's unfair competition. It's always so, good to look in the mirror. It is. Yeah. So that's really, what do you have to rant about today, Karen? I have a lot of stuff on my mind, but there's really not a whole lot I feel like ranting about specifically. I think I'm just going to talk a little bit about the whole Eagles not coming to the White House thing, the whole offer being rescinded from the White House. And, I, you know, I get why a lot of players would not want to go to the White House, but I think they should do it anyway as an example of respecting the office. And I understand the argument that if people feel like President Trump doesn't respect the office. Why should they? But why should we allow a lower standard to dictate our behavior? I don't understand that. I think that the example to a lot of the youth that look up to these sports players would be to say, I don't agree with his politics. I don't agree with a lot of the things that he said. But because I am an American, I'm going to go to the White House. And that 
is just, I, I think that that would have a, a greater impact on society than not. I think all that does is create more division and more problems. So I think the Patriots actually were glad they lost the Super Bowl so they didn't have to go to the White House. <laughs> well, they would have been in a conundrum being called the Patriots. I, I find it right. kind of humorous every time I see the Eagles. You know, it's like ugh, with all these patriotic names and yet we're all so divided. It's it's really unfortunate. And I mean, I understand and see both perspectives on both sides. But I just think someone has to be the bigger person and say, you know what, I'm going to do the thing that's difficult here. Yeah, but Someone if you're the leader the of the the most powerful person in the world, maybe you should set the example. And as I say about Trump, well, you know, because you hear it all the time. I'm so tired of that guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I agree with you, but if he's not, does that give us Yes, the ability to just not see. It I does. don't think so. I I don't take someone else's behavior as an excuse to have mine the same way. I just see, don't. I don't accept that. I find whatever bar people set, and I go under it. Oh, as that's far honorable. as behavior goes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's, that's that's great. That explains so much. It, no, it does. I'm just kidding. So let's get into this. This this. I think this one's going to be fun. I'm excited to do something a little bit more fun. Because the last few weeks have been very heavy and kind of depressing. So it's going to be nice, right? It is. I had to actually get electric shock after the war on drugs. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was difficult. So because all the, the topics have been so serious and rather depressing, this week we decided to take kind of a lighter approach. Much has been made of President Trump's quirks, and I realize that quirks are, are just the beginning, but he does have some and some of his oddities. And we decided to look at the strange behaviors, quirks, or just odd facts about previous presidents. Also, just like Chuck just said, every time I try to talk to him and President Trump comes up, he just responds with, I'm so tired of him. So we decided this time we would talk about everybody else. I am tired of him. I know. I know you are. I'll tell so, you who else I'm tired of. Who, who are you tired of? Hamilton. <laughs> I'm so tired of that guy. <laughs> they make a play about him. I mean, there was oh all kinds goodness. of people that did really good things. I found out things. Hamilton's coming to where I live. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of excited really? about that. Is it, it's coming to where you live? Yes. Yes, it is. What are you trying to say? Okay. In, in like 11 years? No. All right. I am going to just move on forward with this and not let you make fun of me because I am the bigger person. And okay. Don't say anything about that. <laughs> okay. You Your feet are bigger than mine are. <laughs> All right. Let's get started here. When we start, we're going to go in order and I'm going to tell you a fact and you can talk about it. All right. I'll tell Great. you the fact and then we'll talk about it. Okay. So we've got George Washington. He was a consistent disappointment to his mother, Mary. Well, she who's not really? <laughs> <laughs> this is true. She complained frequently to anyone who would listen that he was very lax in supporting her. And much to his embarrassment, she once begged the Virginia legislator legislature for a little spending money. <laughs> How embarrassing is that? So he really didn't throw a silver dollar across the Delaware River because he didn't have one to throw. <laughs> Apparently not. And another thing, you know, a lot gets thrown about regarding his wooden teeth. But his teeth were not actually wooden. They were made of dead soldier's teeth and rhinoceros <laughs> bone. Or no, not rhinoceros bone, hippopotamus bone. Hippopotamus bone. So mm -hmm. were there a lot of hippopotamuses running around the new world? Uh, maybe he wanted well, a hippopotamus for Christmas. What Only You know what's worse? Would do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Is that he would like choose the next guy over the hill? Based on like, hey, that's a good. <laughs> those are some nice canines right those there. Are some nice you go teeth, over yeah. there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, look at goodness. the molars on that guy. Yeah, go <laughs> run over there. Check for the British. I pick you. I'm going to promote you <laughs> yeah, right now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, next we have John Adams, and he apparently spoke with a lisp, not because there was 
a problem, but because he stubbornly refused to wear dentures. Yeah, because he didn't command an army that could, he could send up over the hill and <laughs> take their teeth. <laughs> yeah, he was actually, he, he had wood teeth. He didn't have that great dental plan that Washington had. He didn't have the hip, hippopotamus plan. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got Thomas Jefferson. He was a notoriously lousy dresser, and he had poor posture. And chronic diarrhea. <laughs> I think they all did. He once shocked a British minister with his messy and slovenly appearance. He does not seem like a guy I would like. Jefferson? When you, yeah. I mean, you read his writings, and he's like so, uh, you know. He yeah. just seems so superior. I just, I think that he was very tailored. His writing was very tailored to the audience at the time. His As as his audience changed, the tones of his letters tended to change a bit. So I've read a lot of his stuff and uh, I'm just so just tired of that guy. You just come out so confused. <laughs> <laughs> You're so tired of that guy. Okay. We have James Madison. Madison loved, didn't like, loved ice cream, and he served it at many functions. His wife's favorite flavor, can you guess? Um, Blueberry. No. It was oyster. Oh, oyster ice cream. <laughs> oh, oyster that's flavored ice cream. <laughs> you know what? Yes. That, that's like having chili flavored cereal. Or taco-flavored cereal. <laughs> Taco-flavored gum. Yeah. <laughs> or like specifically Frito-flavored gum. Yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, Why do cool. old dogs how smell many like oysters, Fritos? How do, you, how do you, whoever thought up oyster ice cream? I don't know. I don't know. But you didn't answer my question. Okay, I said Frito-flavored gum, which made me think of the fact that old dogs smell like Fritos. Why is that? It's a bacteria in their paws. Oh, Really? Actually, are you just you making can, crap No, up? Google, uh, listeners, Google that. Dogs' okay. paws smell like Fritos because of a bacteria in their paw pads. Oh, huh. now I know more. You have educated me, Chuck Walters. Thank you. No problem. Yeah. Also, James Madison had more than one vice president. He had two, and both of them died in office. Oh, he was heading off that coup. <laughs> it's a little shady, shady, shady. Yeah. Yes. We have James Monroe. Monroe is the proud namesake of Monrovia, Liberia. Monrovia, Liberia. And that is the only foreign capital in the world that is named after a United States president. Also, he ran for president unopposed. Well, yeah. So other than George Washington, he was the only other one that, you know, won because <laughs> Because after no Madison, else. there were no vice presidents to run. They were all dead. He won first place by standing in one place. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he did. There is a, a little known fact that outside of Madagascar, there is a little tiny, tiny country called Hawkovia. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Named in hmm. honor of me. Well. You're just educating everyone all over the place. Yeah. We want pictures. I'll, I'll, I'll send them to you. <laughs> okay. All right. We've got John Quincy Adams. Now, he was a fun one. He was fond of skinny dipping at 5 a.m., not 6 a.m., 5 a.m., as means of relieving stress. And he didn't keep this a secret. And that actually led to an incident that was quite astonishing. Journalist Anne Royal reportedly landed a big interview with John Quincy Adams by hiding his clothes after he got in the water. She then refused to give them back until he answered her questions, which, of course, he did. What are you going to do? Well, imagine if we did that now. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, (laughs) you had to do that? (laughs) We just lost like t- 10 people just turned this thing off. <laughs> also, John Quincy Adams had one of the more unusual and dangerous pets, and that was an alligator. I could see that. He was an Adams alligator. Yeah, I wonder if he had a little leash and a little thing, and he just took the alligator for a walk down Pennsylvania yeah. Avenue. That would be yeah, cool. If you're president, though, yeah, that would kind of be legit, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, he was he was Mike Tyson before Mike Tyson. Well, we have Andrew Jackson. And I mean, there's just so much we could say about Andrew yeah. Jackson. But we're going to sum it up with this. He had a penchant for duels and horse races. Sometimes and one, at the same time. Yeah. Well, one day, a duel over a horse race caused him to end up killing the very famous author, Charles Dickinson. I did not know that. But, you know, I think we should bring duels back. <laughs> I think it would be a much more civil society if we could just <laughs> yeah. bring them back. No one would know how to duel. <laughs> I know. Just... But, you know, it's well, first of all, like the people that have 42 items mm -hmm. in the self checkout, you should be able to go up and say, I call duel. You know what I mean? I call duel. <laughs> and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, someone throws you like your chainmail and your, <laughs> your sword, and all yeah. of a sudden, you're like going at it. Yeah. Huh. Well, I call duel. You okay. have too many items. You we've took up two parking spots. I call duel. <sighs> all right. We've got Martin Van Buren. And in 1836, Congressman Davy Crockett accused Martin Van Buren of wearing women's underwear. So I'm just picturing him like, you wear women's underwear. I mean, you know. Hold on. Whether the, yes. How did Davy Crockett know about Van Buren's underwear? <laughs> That's the bigger question. Well, he was king of the wild frontier, Chuck. <laughs> yes, he was. That was a frontier I don't want to Whether that cross. smear yeah. was smear. just that. What's <laughs> just that a campaign smear or a true fact is yet to be determined. Okay, here. Okay. <laughs> All of what? a sudden, the word smear just took on <laughs> it took a totally a different meaning. meaning. <laughs> right. Okay, and here's the. You just shouldn't <laughs> know about other people's underwear. <laughs> okay, <laughs> William Henry Harrison. He holds the record for the longest inauguration speech in history. It was 8,578 words long and one hour and 40 minutes, right? So he obviously liked to hear himself speak. He had a lot to say. Oddly, well, he, is, he is from about five miles from where I live. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's kind That's of how we grow them. <laughs> <laughs> wordy yeah i <laughs> think i could beat his record well unfortunately he gave the speech during bad weather and i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> a month later he died from pneumonia making his the shortest presidency <laughs> on record so had the longest speech and the shortest <laughs> presidency, shortest presidency. Okay. it was 33 days because of the pneumonia he caught during his long speech at the inauguration I don't know why that one cracks me up so much. By the time he got done with this speech, he was dead. <laughs> okay. I'm, fe I'm feeling much better. <laughs> I'm not quite dead yet. I'm not feeling better. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We have John Tyler. President John Tyler allegedly haunts the Blue Oval Room. Yeah, but who said who said this? Who well, started this one? It was Mary Todd Lincoln. Yes, it was the craziest. <laughs> sec I'm sorry, second craziest person to ever live in the White House. Well, <laughs> she she was known to be a bit unstable, but I mean there were reasons. Anyway, she reported hearing his voice coming from the Oval Office, but he was. You know, a very busy man before he died because he had 11 children. He was oh, married yeah. twice, and his second wife was younger than three of his daughters. Oh, that's just scandalous. <laughs> scandalous. Scandalous. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know what? I have no appreciation for Tyler. 11 kids? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, maybe that's why he's haunting the Blue Oval Room. Maybe <laughs> yeah. he's like, I want to go to afterlife with all those kiddos. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> all right. We have James Knox Polk. Here's he a was... question I have. Yes. Are you, if when you die, go to heaven, do you go with the person you were married to the first time or the second time? I don't know. Okay. Could you look that up? <laughs> Next time you're in the Bible, look that up for me. <laughs> Next time I pray, I'll just fill it. Chuck wanted to know. Yeah. <laughs> Could you? Yeah. All right. 
Um, we have James Polk, and he was, speaking of religion, he was a very religious man. He banned any kind of alcohol or anything like that, and he also made everyone go to a gospel singing every evening. But he was also plagued with diarrhea throughout his entire term. And he eventually died of what he usually described as a derangement of the bowels. (laughs) I got got the crazy bowels. (laughs) I think they they have a different name for it now, but derangement (laughs) of the bowels. Derangement (laughs) of the bowels. A lot of those guys had, you know, it might have. And you would have thought they were just like eating beef jerky and stuff. Although I would bet oyster ice cream would cause derangement Derangement of the bowels. bowels. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right. And I think it was John Adams also that soaked his feet in super cold water, ice cold water, because he believed that would help him stay healthy longer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That would have been funnier had it been the guy that died <laughs> within 33 <laughs> days, but sorry. All right, so we have Franklin Pierce. You know what would have been even funnier if uh, mm-hmm. what's-his-name would have got eaten by his alligator? <laughs> yeah, Adams, yeah. Adams. All right, so this one is just sad. I don't, this one's just very, very sad. Franklin Pierce, he was denied renomination by the Democratic Party in 1856, and he was actually the only elected president to have been rejected so out of hand. So they just were like, no, sorry. And when you look at his picture, he looks very, very sad, and there's a reason well, yeah. for this. Yeah, he, um, his 11-year-old son, Benjamin, was killed in a train accident about two months before Pierce took the oath. And he believed that the death of his son was a punishment for his sins, so he would not use the Bible during the inauguration. This action actually necessitated substituting a firm for the word swear. And so. he had had a few kids die before that. Um, and, right. and the kid, the 11-year-old that got killed by the train got killed right in front of him. Right. It was just super And it was a horrific thing. He was decapitated. Yeah. It was just super tragic. Yeah. And then George Washington came out and took the kid's teeth. It was. Oh, my God. Chuck. I don't know. I can't believe you just. Okay. We're just. I'm so sorry, everyone. So, so, so sorry. All right. Now we have James Buchanan. All right. You know you want to say something about somebody here. He had one eye set higher in his head than the other. So he walked around with his neck cocked to one side. So people really thought he was just like walking around thoughtful all the time. Like, huh. Yeah, but no. It makes me think of certain people that I shall not name. (laughs) Yeah. That are in the public that that represent the current administration. Yes. Yeah, that this... also have one part of their body higher than the other. Okay, I'm. You know, this is sad. I'm going to tell you what's sad here. What is sad? You skipped <laughs> Millard Fillmore. <laughs> the funny thing about this, okay, I did. Millard Fillmore is bef- between Zachary Taylor and Franklin Pierce. <laughs> this is so perfect that I skipped yeah. him because. The one interesting fact about him is that he has always been reported to be one of the most uninspiring, boring, average men of all yeah. the presidents. <laughs> Sorry, Millard, Millard, we skipped you there. Fillmore. <laughs> He's yeah. so damn boring, we skipped him. <laughs> he is the epitome of white rice. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Now we've got Abraham Lincoln. I love he, this one. <laughs> I know. I know. It's great. Okay. Other than being a vampire hunter. I'm just. I like that movie. He was known as a spirited wrestler, and he ever only suffered one defeat in the span of over 300 matches. He was long and lanky. Yeah. Well, apparently, he was good at what he did. Plus, it was said he had a penchant for (laughs) trash talking his opponents. Get over here. I'll show you, honest Abe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Bring your mama too, because I'm gonna beat her down too. Oh I'm gonna, goodness! Right. I'm gonna put a Gettysburg address on the <laughs> <Just> door. <laughs> All right, we've got Andrew Johnson. He is the only tailor, as in clothing tailor, to be president. What other tailor would I be? 
Taylor and Sailor messed up in my head. <laughs> As president, he would typically stop by a tailor shop and just say hello to the tailor. Like, hi, I used to be a tailor. I used to be a tailor. The tailor's like, huh, <laughs> I've never been president. <laughs> I wish I could be a tailor again. <laughs> also, he would only wear the suits that he made himself. I I only wear socks that I make myself. <laughs> is that is that a fact? Yeah. Socks right. are e- very easy to make. <laughs> I would like to see you whip some of those up sometime. I will put a thing on the page of a pair of my handmade <laughs> socks. Along with Hakovia. Yeah, Hakovia. Yeah. Yeah. Right. My plant okay. is in Hakovia. <laughs> so we have Ulysses or Ulysses S. Grant. He changed his name from Hiram Ulysses because he was ashamed that his initials spelled out the word hug. (laughs) Hug? He didn't want to be known as hug. No, no, he did not. Also, he hated music. All music. You know why? Because he was born 120 years too soon. (laughs) Is that what it is? He never had, experienced Bruce. Exactly. Had yeah. he been alive, he would have been. He would have hated all music, and then all of a sudden, one day, he would have heard his wife playing on a little phonograph, <laughs> "Darkness on the Edge of Town," and he would have been, "Whoa, life changer, <laughs> life changer." Yeah, he's like, I feel like I need a hug. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. He was also. Well, it, it's mm-hmm. funny because he was a raging alcoholic. <laughs> Right. And they usually like sad music or happy music right. or Apparently something. he he did not. He did not. So we've got Rutherford Rutherford Hayes. And he had Lysof Oh my god, Lys- I cannot say this. Do you mean Lysof- Lysophobia. There you go. Lysophobia. That's not fear of lice. <laughs> it is not. It is the fear of going insane. Who doesn't have that really? If you don't right, have the fear of going insane, you're probably already insane. Exactly. Yep. So but, we have James Garfield. Hold on. Lysophobia, though, wouldn't you think that would be fear of lice? Well, it's Let not me ask you this. Th- Are you sure it's not lysophobia? It could be lysophobia. I don't know. I don't know these things. I don't have any phobias. I'm not afraid of anything. I don't know <laughs> these phobias. Um, we could have looked this up. When I say lice, lice, okay, mm-hmm. think lice, lice. Is your head itching right now? No. It will But be. usually it does, it will right, be. if someone says the word. So, okay, we're going to move forward before that happens. Okay. All right, so James Garfield. He could write Latin with one hand and Greek with the other simultaneously. Oh, big deal. That's like <laughs> yeah. a skill. That's, uh, that's not even, you know what, that's not even a party trick that I, I would show people. <laughs> I have so if many they cooler read things. Latin or Greek, it would yeah, be like, well, it's exactly. just a bunch of symbols. I don't. All right. So, Chester Arthur, he had over 80 pairs of pants and he insisted on changing several times a day. And chronic diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> he was another chronic diarrhea guy. <laughs> we have Grover Cleveland. Pants. I need more pants. <laughs> Grover Cleveland is, I mean, this is just skeevy right here. I mean, uh, Cleveland was the legal guardian to his former law partner's daughter. She was 11 years old when she came to live with him there. And he married her 10 years later at the White House. Well, she was 21. You're kind of judgy, man. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. You waited until she was 21 of age. All right, we have Benjamin Harrison. Got to be hating on the player. He was the one to usher the country into a brand new era, which is the era of science. And his term was the first one to begin with a wired up White House, complete with the brand new technology of electricity. However, Harrison did not have much to say about it. Because he was completely petrified of light switches. (laughs) And he refused to go near them to turn on the lights. It's black magic. (laughs) I wouldn't trust him either, though, would you? I mean, if you were really... 
No, probably not. Cause I'm a little nervous. Like if my hand, my feet are wet or any, like if there's, if I'm out of the tub and I'm turning off the light, I get very like, I could die even though it's completely safe and grounded and that. Well, you don't really know that though. Did you wire it yourself? No. Yeah. So you don't know that. That's true. That's true. Okay. So we've got William McKinley and he believed in lucky charms. Ah, yeah, you did. <laughs> and he was known to wear a red carnation for his lucky charm. And one day a little girl really admired his flower and he gave it to her. You know, it was a big deal because it was his lucky charm. And right after he did that, he was shot and killed. That's why, you know what? The little girl was in on it. <laughs> you think? Yeah. <laughs> it was a conspiracy. Yeah. It's Chuck's conspiracy corner. You just don't, you know, that's what you get for giving flowers to little girls. <laughs> he should have waited till you she was 21 okay. and, <laughs> and given her a flower then. Oh, my word. All right. Now we've got Theodore Roosevelt. Now, his family had a very interesting way to bond with one another. Each member of the Roosevelt family owned a pair of stilts, and stilting was their family activity of choice. It. It was okay, believed that why, the family actually stilted often in the White House. Why is that odd? Do you not have stilts? <laughs> I do not. <laughs> you don't have stilts? Really? No. Oh, we go stilting all the time. Do you? Yeah, oh. they would trash talk each other too. The great <laughs> thing about Roosevelt, the greatest story about Roosevelt is he got shot giving a speech. I know, but he just kept going. He just kept going. It's a flesh wound. (laughs) Maybe he had a red carnation. (laughs) He did. Well, next we have William Howard Taft. Taft weighed a hearty 326 pounds, and he got stuck in the White House bathtub often. (laughs) Did they put a little crane above it or something? Well, he eventually did have a bigger tub installed because he kept getting stuck. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's just ridiculous. That's when it's time to go on the biggest presidential loser. Oddly, he he was from here too. So, well, all the now winners we have, came from here. Now we have Warren G. Harding, and his middle name is Gamamil, and I did never realize Garmamil. Gamamil. That Gamma sounds Meal. like a food supplement. Gamamil. It's like anyway, a GMO. He liked to gamble a lot. In fact, he decided during one particularly tough poker game to bet away the White House China. Didn't work out so well for him, though, because he lost it all in one hand. But, you know, you can always get new White House China. It's not like it was his. He couldn't take it with him. He didn't really lose anything of his own. Yeah, well. See, that's when you're playing with the house's China. <laughs> yeah. This this one's my personal favorite. <laughs> I just, I love it. So Calvin I Coolidge. find it disturbing that this is your favorite. <laughs> I, because I don't know which part of this is your favorite. <laughs> it's just all of it together. It just cracks me up. So Calvin Coolidge's morning routine was similar to everyone else's, except for the part where he poured petroleum jelly all over his head while eating breakfast in bed. Also, he had a mechanical... <laughs> horse installed in the white house to practice his mad horseback riding <laughs> skills and he would sit on that horse and whoop like a cowboy he was like urban coolidge <laughs> <laughs> he was urban cowboy he was the first urban cowboy i i, so I wonder if it was like hard a petroleum on his head and he's all like Woo! <laughs> you know he would probably stand the horse longer if he wasn't covered in vaseline <laughs> petroleum jelly yeah yeah right he also thought it was great fun to hit the buzzer for the servants, and then he would run away and hide. <laughs> you know that his, all the people who worked for him were like, damn oh, that man. Coolidge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't falling for it this time, man. I ain't falling for it this time. <laughs> One minute he's all, yee-haw. <laughs> they hear the buzzer. They're like, not again. Yeah. You know, some of these guys, in comparison, Trump's not sounding all that weird. <laughs> I know. Although, I know. you know what? We haven't heard what goes on in the White House right now. So That's true. That's true. Well, I'm sure we'll hear plenty later. Well, we've got Herbert Hoover. 
He told his White House servants that he would fire them if they did not hide and stay out of sight when he walked by them. Yeah. So we've got Coolidge who you, hold hid on. from his servants and Hoover would make his servants <laughs> hide when he would walk. Yeah. Okay. Do I, you do you let your maid do you let your maid see you? I don't have a maid. You don't? <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry for your poverty. I did you, not mean you, to bring you that, were that up. You were that guy who would like uncomfortably be like an uncomfortably short, white, fluffy robe yeah, exactly. around your maid. Yeah. <laughs> Could you hand me that and like yeah. stretch creepily? Yeah. Ew. Yeah. Ew. Okay. Just uh. also. Herbert Hoover was had been an orphan, and his first job was picking bugs off of p- potato plants, and he was paid a dollar per hundred bucks. Wow! So, Plus, he got to go. keep the bugs. Oh, he worked in the mines too. Well, I guess he did not have lysophobia. No, no. He also crashed the economy. We have Franklin Delano Roosevelt. He had a collection of 25,000 stamps. He added to it by simply having the Postmaster General and State Department mail him every new issue of stamps. See, you know what? Now, people are getting on Trump for some of the things he does. (laughs) It's good to be the king. Yeah, Yeah. that is. He also, he was also a big stilter. Was he? He was, Hmm. yeah. Well. Well, I, I guess there were braces, but <laughs> I, I'm thinking he probably was not a big stilter. Okay, those were braces. Never mind. <laughs> that, you are a terrible human being. You are terrible. I'm supposed to be the cold-hearted one, remember? You are. All right. Harry Truman died in the same hospital that I was born in. Yay. <laughs> That's your claim to fame, really? <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Okay. He also once wrote a I threatening- once met Alice from the Brady Bunch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he once wrote a threat- threatening letter to the music critic of the Washington Post in response to a negative review of his daughter's voice recital. And this is what he said. He said, I never met you, but if I do, you'll need a new nose. So he was well, very- yeah. You yeah. can't talk trash about somebody's daughter. The kid was probably like eight years old. Also, everyone knows, you know, that he is Harry S. Truman, but his entire middle name was the letter S. It did not stand for anything. It was just S. You have three children. Do they play any musical instruments? Have you had to sit through a recital? Yes. Okay. Logan played the trumpet in the sixth grade. And we went to the Christmas special and they played. Um, Silent Night, We Three Kings, and one other song. I'm not really even sure what the other third song was. <laughs> and we truly had no idea which song was which. We only knew that they were playing three <laughs> songs and that they had played three songs. And I used to have to sit and listen to Logan, sixth grade Logan, practice the trumpet every day. Well. No, think but about if that. someone if someone had given him a negative review, you would have said to them, "I never met you, but if I do, you'll need a new nose." Oh, if someone would have he would have done a recital. Yeah, that would have been some serious right. violence there. Yeah, there you go. All right, next we have Dwight Eisenhower. Eisenhower never saw active combat, although he spent thirty five years in the military and he served during both world wars. Yeah, he never saw. A single Isn't that amazing? Day. I, I'm he had to that had to take effort, you know. Yeah. <laughs> had to take a you know lot what? of effort. Here's what I'm gonna do now. I'm gonna stand over here. You remember Mutual Mutual of Omaha Wildlife Kingdom or whatever it was? I do. Mm-hmm. Do you remember how like Biff, the one guy was always like, "I'm gonna stay here," and Biff's gonna go up and <laughs> squeeze that tiger's <laughs> yeah. nose. Right, right. You know? <laughs> That's like that was Eisenhower. <laughs> I'm going to be over here while you go do that. Biff is going to go over and grab the cobra while I stand back here with the camera. (laughs) Because the one guy, who was the old guy? I can't think of his name. It was like Yule Gibbons, but that's not him. He was the guy that ate the pine cones. I was a very, very young child. You weren't even born yet. Um, I was a very young child. But anyway, he would never get involved with the animals, but he'd always set up the tension 
and yeah, I just saw, even as a kid, I realized what a scam he was running on Biff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I shady. could not figure out why Biff couldn't figure it out. <laughs> well, hopefully Biff was getting paid more. All right. So Eisenhower also hated cats. Who In doesn't? retirement, oh, come on now. In retirement in Gettysburg, he enjoyed shooting any cat that came near his house. Now, that's not necessary at no, all. No, that was just me. Okay, for listeners, me. we do not approve. We do not We need to disclaim. That, no. Yes. We disclaim Disclaimer. shooting cats. Yeah, do not do that. That is bad. That is wrong. All right. John F. Kennedy. This, this one is weird. This one's super weird. So he created a fake James Bond movie in which he was assassinated. He made his wife play herself in the movie and the Secret Service agents play themselves as well. That is crazy. Apparently this was like a month before. Yeah. Isn't that really, really bizarre? Now, if you had all the money in the world and could make a movie that you were a star, what would you be? Oh, I know what you I'd... would be. I know. You'd be that girl on breakfast at tiffany's um, no i i that what i would not be audrey hepburn no what would the movie I'd, be about i don't know i'd probably be like maria von trapp i don't know uh, i would be <laughs> i would remake a born it would be the hawk identity like instead of the born identity mm-hmm. it would be the hawk identity the Chuck identity. The, the yeah. Chuck identity. Well, you know, I mean, have you ever watched the TV show Chuck? That's my favorite yeah. TV show. Yeah. He's kind of like that, only goofy. Yeah. I would make a whole series of movies like that. And I would do my own stunts. Hmm. It's kind of like the Michael Scott's like agent, yeah. whatever it is on The Office. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I would be like doing that. parkour, things like that. <laughs> Well, I just thought that I'd use live the, ammunition. <laughs> do you remember a few years ago on YouTube there was like the whole urban ninja guy? Yeah, and he would just get really close to people and just walk in like a black uniform yeah. next to them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would do that. That would be something I would totally do. But it's just eerie that John F. Kennedy did that. Yeah, it shortly is. before he died, it's just very strange. He so was also have- he took a lot of drugs. Yeah, he did. He was on a lot of medications and stuff. Um, so we have Lyndon Baines Johnson. Oh, he's the worst. He is <laughs> actually the, the worst. worst person. Yes. I am so, so glad that we did not have Twitter or the internet when Johnson was president because, yeah, it would be not good. It may even be worse than what we have now. So other than being inordinately proud of his manhood, which we addressed in a former episode, Johnson would often take White House staffers into the bathroom with him and make them continue meetings, notes, and conversations. Uh, his, uh, uh, proud of his manhood. Did he name it? I don't know. You do. I don't know. You do. <laughs> I do. You do. You told me it. What Jumbo. was it? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, we did research. I mean, for full full disclosure, we did research <laughs> the history of the term Johnson. <laughs> we because did. we thought maybe. It goes back to England way before him, yeah. Right, but we were like, you know, maybe the two went together, but... Um, Yeah, he was just a vile, vile man. He was. He made life hell, just for example, for their plumbing foreman, whose name was Reds Arrington. And for five years that that Johnson was in office, he was obsessively focused on the water pressure. And he would have this this poor guy like constantly fix his water pressure, even though it was fine. He said it was never hot enough and the water pressure was never at need the needle like intensity that he so desperately wanted. So sitting in the Oval Office, Johnson would call Arrington while he was in the plumber shop located underground between the White House and the West Wing. If I can move 10,000 troops in a day, you can certainly fix the bathroom any way that I want it, Johnson would start yelling. Nice, right? Yeah, he was he was just a bad person. Not yeah. a good person. He's my favorite president. <laughs> oh, my word. So we have Richard Milhouse Nixon, and it drives me crazy there's not an E at the end of Milhouse, but it there's not. It feels like there should be an E. Maybe there's not supposed to be, but it feels like there should be an E in his middle name. Okay. Richard Nixon. 
So Secret Service agents saw Richard Nixon eat a dog biscuit as he was feeding them to his dog one day. Okay. See, first of all, that's not all that odd. Have you ever had a milk bone? Truly. Um, have you ever I even tried not. a milk bone? They're not that bad. No. Is that is something dudes do? I mean, do guys just like eat their dog's dog treats? Is that like a thing? Well, now my stepdad, his eyesight wasn't as good as it used to be. And I had a bag of kibbles and bits, like the kibbles and bits treats mm-hmm. for dogs. And mm-hmm. this was before Rudy. I had a dog named Muffin who was the second greatest dog in the world. Okay. She's long since passed. God rest her soul. Um, so we're sitting in the living room one night. And I am feeding the dog some of these little kibbles and bits treats. And I put them on a coffee table. My stepdad, it's a true story, my stepdad sits beside me, reaches his hand into the kibbles and bits, just pops them right into his mouth, and he chews them and chews them and chews them, and I'm just standing there, I'm just, you know, I'm dumbfounded, and he eats them, and he swallows them, and he says, that's the nastiest Chex Mix I've ever had. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And there was... Because I thought he was going to feed him to the dog. I did not say anything when he pulled him out. Well, then he popped him into his mouth. And I knew that if I told him, well, of course, because those are dog treats, that he was going to throw a fit that I didn't tell him, you know, that they were dog treats. too late now. (laughs) I was like, but he, he did. He just sat there and ate them. But milk bones actually are, they're really like a very hard oatmeal cookie. Well, it didn't say they were milk bones. It just said a dog biscuit. Okay. So we have no idea what it was. Um, speaking of gross things, so Gerald Ford, he enjoyed, he was also a, a ice cream guy apparently, he enjoyed a scoop of butter pecan every day at lunch. Ice cream? Yes. It was, he enjoyed one scoop of butter pecan ice cream on top of a scoop of cottage cheese covered with A1 steak sauce and a sliced onion and quartered tomato. Did I ever tell you my cottage cheese story? Oh my gosh. Do you, really? Do you want to hear my cottage cheese is it, story? Is it a short story? It's kind of a short story. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, so my brother's in the hospital, and I'm going up to see him every day, and he has since died, God rest his soul. Hmm. And every day I'm going up at lunchtime to see him, and I would eat lunch at the hospital, and I love tapioca. Love tapioca. So I'm going through and I get a grilled cheese sandwich and a bag of chips and a cup of tapioca. It's got a little red cherry on top. World's fine, right? So I eat the eat the grilled cheese, I eat the chips, pop the little, because it's one of those clear plastic cups with the little bubble tops. Right, you know you're probably about? like super excited to have the tapioca too, right? I was so excited. Yeah. So I take a bite and I'm reading a magazine because I'm sitting in the middle of this cafeteria by myself at a table by myself. And I take a bite of it. And I jump up and spit it all out onto the table. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I pick it up and I look at the expiration date because it was terrible. And then when I looked at the thing for the expiration date, it said cottage cheese. I love cottage cheese. But not when you're wanting. No, it's when your mouth is expecting tapioca and it gets cottage (laughs) cheese, your brain goes haywire. That's what you get for liking tapioca. Well, I sat down and I took some napkins because I literally had spit a whole mouthful of cottage cheese all over the (laughs) table. So I sit down and then I start laughing like hysterically. And a nurse came from the other table and said, honey, are you okay? (laughs) Did you you get out of your room? (laughs) She did. She was like, come with me, please. (laughs) <laughs> but I love cottage cheese, and it had the little cherry tomato on top. That's what's so deceiving. I thought it was a little cherry. The cherry. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Well, it's still, I mean, it's still not as bad as butter pecan ice cream with cottage cheese, A1 steak sauce, and a sliced onion. I mean, ew. No, no. He, he, right. he might have been pregnant. <laughs> so now we have Jimmy Carter. Well, Jimmy Carter... <laughs> had an unfortunate incident with a rabbit. And the really bad thing about this is it was not too long after Monty Python's Search for the Holy Grail came out. So For those 
this was a swimming rabbit that he had to beat away with an oar. <laughs> the rabbit was trying to get him. <laughs> the dumbest thing anybody had ever seen. It was like the killer rabbit. What I can't fig- could never figure out is why the Secret Service didn't shoot the rabbit. Can you imagine the 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 like the memes in the videos that would be there now, oh, that like would be where people so great. would cut to the Monty Python yeah. thing from the Jimmy Carter thing. Oh, it's it's hard. It's soft furry. It's a cute little thing. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> we need the holy grenade but i never could figure it out because they were like jimmy he beat it off with an oar and i was like what the hell what if it was like an assassin jimmy carter's out on his own i know he wasn't the greatest president in the world but did the secret service just give up on him <laughs> you know so like we don't care what happens to this guy you know it's we're waiting on Reagan to get in here. We don't really care about this guy. <laughs> I mean, how do well, you got to beat away your own this, rabbit? This may have been part of the problem. Before he became president or before he was campaigning, he saw a UFO and he reported it. Not only did he see it, but he reported it to the International <laughs> UFO Bureau. Was he abducted? In Oklahoma City. And this is while he was serving as governor of Georgia. Oh, so. That may have been why the Secret Service agents were like, <laughs> yeah. let the rabbit let have the him. Let the rabbit have him, man. <laughs> He's been... So he didn't actually say he was abducted by the aliens. He just said he saw no. the UFO. Okay. No, no. He didn't go full Art Bell on us. <laughs> no. <laughs> I miss Art Bell. He was so crazy. All right. Ronald Reagan. After Reagan survived an assassination attempt... He and his wife started leaning very heavily on astrology, so heavy that Reagan's entire schedule was planned according to his astrology charts, including the takeoff and landing times of Air Force One. So, well, you know, interesting. But a lot of those presidents that we had before, I mean, Jefferson, um, the guy with the range bows, they they planned their whole schedule around (laughs) their anus. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, wow. It's the moon of Uranus. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, come on. George. That was astrology. That was a good one. That, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. I tend to be a little bit of one of those people that looks at that stuff a little bit. So not for horoscope purposes. A little bit. Personality stuff. Anyway. A little bit. George, George H. Bush. In college, he was captain of the Yale University baseball team, and he played in the first two College World Series. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. In 41, just before his 19th birthday, he received his wings and commission as an ensign, making him the Navy's youngest pilot. But, and before he, he turned 19, he that's He flew crazy. all kinds of... I, you know, I think people don't realize it because, you know, you just lose track of things, but... Right. This guy flew a ton of missions. He got shot right. down like through, you know, he's like getting shot down all the time because back right. then, you know, the bullets move faster than the planes. Right. Well, I mean, they just don't realize how accomplished he really was. No. People, they don't know because his personality was pretty white rice too. You know, he didn't, he wasn't super personable. So people didn't really understand how accomplished he actually No, and then he was. became head of the CIA and then president. And I, I think, I actually think this guy became president. Because it was the last thing to check off on his bucket list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'd done everything else. <laughs> that could be. Well, now we are at Bill Clinton. Oh, easy now. We don't want to get the explicit <laughs> rating going into his quirks. <laughs> We're just going to stay away from all of that. Okay, yeah, because those quirks talk- are pretty well known. Yes. The Clinton is is basically allergic to everything. I mean, obviously not everything but he is allergic to pollen grass mold cat dander despite the first cat socks pine flour chocolate apparently milk and beef among possible other allergies which is odd because people now people make such a big deal because you know trump loves his big macs right Mm -hmm, right but it's because it's pre-made and he's afraid of being poisoned but so did clinton Right, a lot of them did. Yeah, that's really Clinton not all that. Clinton used to eat them when he was jogging. He'd have the Secret right. Service, and then Clinton yeah. had the heart stuff. And right, well, it's interesting. You know, despite all the allergies, when he was president, he, they said he had a massive appetite, and he would get especially like testy and angry if he didn't get his dessert. Well, yeah, and it made it made things very very 
Bill Clinton liked his dessert. Yeah. Who doesn't? Who <laughs> <laughs> doesn't? <laughs> Boy, you he tell would me. have uh, his dessert and then he would have a cigar. <laughs> oh, see, you had to take it there. You had to take it there. I'm just saying he liked to have a smoke after he would have his dessert. Um, after he had some heart issues, he became sort of a vegan. So Sort of. They, Sort of, sort of a vegan. Now, okay. Here's what I want to know. Here's what I want to know. So listeners can know a little bit about you, being especially testy about dessert. What happens to the person who eats the last frozen Heath ice cream bar in your house? Oh, that is not good. That is not good. Especially there is like one week of the month where that is especially a bad. Bad I have heard you on the phone when we were doing things uh-huh. when someone has eaten the last one. My youngest child, who is said to listen to this sometimes, you are the one, youngest child. I'm just we saying. We're speaking of you. I did not know you knew some of those words. So that was, that was <sighs> I, shameful. It wasn't that bad. I do. I it, Okay. The language testy. wasn't bad, but the intensity was pretty high. <laughs> I'm very unhappy when you know what though I tell everybody I'm like this is mom's chocolate you stay away from it I don't want it all the time I realize it is tempting put the ground beef over it do something but don't stare at it it is mine and if it is eaten it is not going to go well for you and then if it is eaten guess what it does not go well for them yeah well I've you know? I've heard it you know the saying if mama ain't happy ain't nobody <laughs> that's happy. right so all right, now we are at George Walker Bush. And at his private East Coast High School, he played, w. he was the captain of the baseball team, right? Just and like his he dad. Was no, he was head, not. <laughs> no, he was not like his dad. He was the head cheerleader. But you know, like with the personality of George Bush, you know he was cheerleader just. Oh, you know he guy. was, yeah. You he couldn't even do a cartwheel. Like, he was just like, hey. Yeah, I'll be the bottom <laughs> yeah. of the triangle, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be the bottom exactly. of the pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, now we are at Barack Obama. And according to his memoirs, when Obama lived, or when former President Obama lived in Indonesia, he owned a pet ape, which he named Tata. He named her what? Tata. Tata. Hmm. Tata. Yeah. Shame mm-hmm. you didn't have more than one of those. Right. A so pet do you ape. think like do you think he'd let his friends touch his- <laughs> see? You are just gonna keep going till we get that right. Don't touch my tata. <laughs> <laughs> Off the tata. Good at two of like, stay away from my tatas. Also, also he is the ninth cousin of Brad Pitt and the eighth cousin of outgoing vice president Dick Cheney. How long do you keep a pet ape until they can rip you to shreds? <laughs> That's what I want to know. I don't know. You know, maybe he saw an ape somewhere and he's like, I name it Tata. And then from that point forward, he just said he had a pet ape because that would be pretty cool. I would, that would do that. If cool. I lived somewhere and there was just a cool animal and I would claim it and then I would tell everybody that was my pet. Maybe it was something like that. But maybe he actually did have a pet ape. I don't know. That could be. But I mean, dude, his eighth cousin... Is Vice President Dick yeah, Cheney? Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of that that I bet that's a fun family reunion there. <laughs> I just I had to research that part in depth because I was like, no, no way. Apparently, he's also related. Dick Cheney is also related to George Bush. No so, kidding. That's odd. Yeah. So we're like the so, monarchy over here. It's just everybody's. It's related. very strange, right? It's very weird. All right, so now we are at Donald Trump. Oh, there's would just you, not you, enough like hours in the this? day. Yeah. Not right. enough. I'm so tired of this guy. Just get, just get done with him. Well, he's the oldest and the wealthiest person to ever be elected president in the United States. Isn't that a, a weird thing? But Because you, you always think of Reagan as the oldest. Yeah, but Reagan grew old in office. Trump was old when he got became elected. Right. Right. Also, he's, you know, he has been inducted. All these presidents have been in all these different Hall of Fames. So was President Trump. He was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Of course he was. But you know what? Perhaps if we'd had WWE back then. Oh, Lincoln would have slapped. You know Lincoln would have slapped him around. He'd have been, (laughs) calm your head. (laughs) 
So all in all, what we learned today is that everyone is crazy. And that is all we have to say about that. Yep. We would like to thank everyone who takes the time to listen to us, especially today, because we were not at our highest maturity levels, but that's okay. You can find us on Podbean, Stitcher, and on iTunes. We would also really appreciate you dropping us a positive review. Um, You can do that at iTunes or on our Facebook page. Don't judge us by this episode. Yeah, if you go to our Facebook page, if you're going to leave anything less than five stars, don't leave us a review. Don't. Because no, if you, you need what? a new nose, what? Well, I mean, they can. They can't. Don't, can. don't be coming to, to our page giving us one star. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't, if, if you, you stuck around this nice, long, yeah. <laughs> don't say anything at all. All right. Well, we have a pretty active Facebook group. If you'd like to join, you can find wow. us on Facebook at Rants and Reason Podcast Facebook group. And we want to thank our moderators for everything they do there. It's not always an easy job, and they do a great job. Right. And you can follow us on Twitter at Rants and Reason. If you would like to help us offset the costs of the show, we do have the Patreon page, and you can find us on Patreon as Rants and Reason. And we want all of you to know that we really appreciate everything you do, like all the word of mouth recommendations, any shares on social media. There are several of you that do that just every single time. And we appreciate it yes. so much. Yes. Thank you so much. And our Patreon supporters, we especially appreciate Jennifer and Anon, Stephen, Ben, Fitton from They Walk Among Us, who sent me a picture proudly displaying his Cincinnati Reds hat while oh, he was cool. on holiday. Jeremy Collins from Podcast We Listen to, and Timmy from History Dweebs, who blew up the electrical grid in Europe while he was over there last (laughs) week. Right, we're so glad he's home safe and sound, yeah. No, he literally did. Three different places. He used his adapter and it blew up. One time he (laughs) blew up the whole, like, building. So, um, of course, Austin. He has good time, Timmy. I know. John Payne, Michelle Johns, Alicia, for all the shares that we that you give us we really appreciate that now is the time in the show where we do unlikely friends it's chuck's favorite section this is the bane (laughs) of my existence (laughs) all right well this one has a life lesson to it since we wanted to highlight previous administrations in this episode it was the opportunity to talk about two former presidents who were friends foes and ultimately friends again John Adams and Thomas Jefferson became friends at the Constitutional Convention. Very, very good friends. Abigail Adams once noted that her husband was never himself with others except when he was with Jefferson. Their letters during that time showed great mutual admiration, despite their personality and their political differences. The two even visited Shakespeare's former home together, and in a very mischievous move, they decided to steal a chip of wood from Shakespeare's chair. Sadly, as their political lives moved to the forefront, their friendship ran cold. Kind accolades were replaced with the acidic criticism of bitter rivals. Then, a mutual friend, Benjamin Rush, after being prompted by a dream to unite the two, found the words needed to rekindle the monumental friendship the two again began to pour their hearts out by way of their pens. Where their earlier letters had been full of hope and the vigor of new families, their letters now brought solace to the lonely emptiness increasingly stealing over their lives and their homes. Crippled wrists and fingers make writing slow and laborious, Jefferson wrote in 1823, but while writing to you, I lose the sense of these things in the recollection of ancient times when youth and health made happiness out of everything. Jefferson, who was suffering from an intestinal disorder, fell into a coma on that evening, July 3, 1826. He lingered in semi-consciousness until just after noon on the, the, the next day. That same morning, Adams collapsed in his reading chair, lapsing into unconsciousness around the same time that Jefferson died. He woke up briefly around 5.30 that evening and uttered his last words. There are different accounts. Some people say he said Thomas Jefferson survives, and some say Thomas Jefferson still lives. And he said these words right before dying. Not knowing. Right. Not knowing. That Jefferson had died the same day, exactly 50 years after 
they signed the Declaration of Independence. Right. It's pretty incredible, really. It and is. So if, if you have a friend that politics has divided you, let this story be a lesson to just let everything fade away and know if, if they can do it. We can, too. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thank you. 